Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We talk cars, about cars, cars. We? <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Well, this is a bit different. (laughs) I actually feel a little bit uneasy about this entire situation. We're recording in a makeshift studio, our Airbnb. Paul Wallace is here, which... I'm the host today, no, obviously. No, no, That's no, no, why I'm no. sat in the middle. You still haven't made any kind of host <laughs> position. <laughs> oh, you are now a guest on the main Behind the Glass show. <laughs> is that a promotion? I don't know whether that's I, a promotion. I, I, I think that's a demotion, isn't it? I think it, it is a demotion. Because I'm sat next to him. <laughs> I worry about the direction that this podcast is going to go in. But uh, if, you've so been listening, yeah, if you've been listening to recent episodes, you'll know that Tony and I have been teasing this for a while. We're on a road trip. Oh, oh my God. It started a few days ago. Uh-huh. It's exciting. And we've made it to our, well, really our premier destination. It's our end destination, isn't it? Yeah, it's the only we, destination. We've driven to here. <laughs> yes, you're right. By a few other places. <laughs> yeah. We're in Monaco. Well, actually, we're not in Monaco. No. <laughs> Paul and I couldn't afford to stay in Monaco, so we've come to Menton, which is just down, down the bay. Um, Tony's fuming because <laughs> his usual best mates in the Four Seasons who used to, oh, Mr. Gravelwood, you've come back. Well, look, we have to be honest here. All of the five-star hotels were booked, weren't they? Well, I couldn't afford them even if they were open. <laughs> you know I mean? If they had space. I... He's looking at me giving me the evil yeah, stuff. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know the man at the door, he'd got a symbol. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't even afford the valet park. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we wanted to bring you, of course, uh, a weekly episode of the show. But we thought also a sort of a behind the scenes of this road trip. Uh, our, our first videos, Paul and I's first videos from the trip have gone out. How are they getting um, on? <laughs> really? Um, I think my main channel's in a bit of a funk at the minute in terms of views and algorithm. Mm. And Tony, I know you teased the fact that we're going to do like kind of a YouTube special episode at some point where I talk about my experiences. Mm. And 
Paul, I'm sure you can attest to this. Every YouTuber goes through peaks and troughs, right? 100%. It's part of the business. Mm. You've got to ride out the troughs and then cruise on the peaks. Well, you're building a business on a platform that you can't control. Yeah. I mean, we're all Google employees, essentially. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop. You're ruining it. I'm going to ask you all this. Sorry. Yes, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> but basically, I think I'm in a bit of a trough with the algorithm where okay. it doesn't matter what I put out, it seems to get a similar amount of views. The thing which I love is the audience, well, similar, a lot of you listening to the podcast on my main channel audience, are amazing. Is that recording, by the way? Yeah, it is. Oh, please uh, say. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the first it's time that's happened, by the way. It's a different camera, so I, was, I couldn't see the blinking red light. Uh, so yeah, so, so the support is great, but the views are pretty standard. But anyway, I'm happy with the I've, first video. I, I've learned to make what you want for your audience that have been with you for the journey. Don't try and get in the algorithms to build just cherish the people you have which i do because they're yeah. they're lovely people and, and tony i appreciate them because they're always lovely in the comment section of this podcast mm -hmm. and they're lovely on the main channel so yeah, you're happy with your first video i think both our first videos were strong right uh, in what sense are you am i happy with it are you happy with what you created are you <laughs> oh, happy with yeah. what you documented well, that is my number one rule on youtube <laughs> that's what i'm asking so yeah obviously i'm happy because i uploaded it <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not, not always the case uh, as we've been discussing at dinners but anyway yeah so plenty more content to come but we thought yeah this week kind of right at the start we bring you behind the scenes so let's kick things off with the cars we've bought on this trip mm -hmm. tony yes you've been very quiet down the end there yeah because i like to just you know i don't like to butt in i'll let you lot chat and let the world you know. go by yeah, yeah. and then you just know. rip us a, rolex on. rip us apart when you go two seconds <laughs> yeah, yeah. To tell you a new one <laughs> he's, he's, just, <laughs> just making notes. he's down the end making notes going, oh, i'll wait for them to be quiet and then i'll go in <laughs> You know what I've learned over the years, actually, to be honest, as I've got a little bit older, is sometimes just to be quiet and listen, because sometimes people can trip themselves up by talking too much. Keep filling that the space. That is actually true in real life. You can always tell from a liar as well, because if you're, if you're lying, you've got to be, have a really, really good memory. And liars normally keep talking, and then they trip themselves up. You're right. Mm. And also they forget the lies they've told to different people. Correct. So, you know, I did X, Y, one, and Z. One and way or another, the lie's coming out. The lie's coming so out. If, so my advice to you, if you are a liar, don't talk. <laughs> stay quiet. It's <laughs> why I stay quiet. Quiet. Surely your advice should be, don't lie. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so you own this Bugatti Chiron. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my friend is a mute. <laughs> <laughs> when I go to Bulgaria with Vicky, anyone that doesn't know, my wife is Bulgarian. Uh, my Bulgarian is limited to about three words and so whenever the waiter comes over he was hello, hello he's saying in Bulgarian what would you like and I just sit there and I just stare at them because <laughs> I know Vicky's going to like order everything for me and then the waiter leaves and she always goes why didn't you say something I'm like what am I going to say <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you kind sir <laughs> Are they anyway. your three words? No, no. <laughs> Thank you, kind sir. Yeah. In English. That is actually four. <laughs> okay, can we get back okay. on track, please? Okay, so, Tony, what car are you in? Uh, Cayman GT4 PDK 718. I think the PDK part is the important part mm. here. Mm. So we know our audience, big GT4 fans. Yeah, yeah. 981, 718. Now, it's not the car that you necessarily thought you were going to bring on the trip, and we'll come back to that in a second. Mm -hmm. Um can we just address the manual versus PDA thing one more time? Because you did take a manual 718 GT4 around Wales, was it? Where did uh, you take that car? Yeah, I did. I mean, I've had, a, I've had a few down the years. I had one when they first come out, but I didn't really drive it that much because it was a manual, oddly. But yeah, I did take one on a trip to Wales and I did enjoy it, but I've much preferred the PDK on this trip now, for now, sure. Paul, you would automatically always lean to PDK, right? Like, it's a no question. 
Yeah, I think um, the manual is cool, but it's cool for 1% of all time. Do you know what I mean? Like if you have the car for a year, 1% of that year it's cool for, for the majority of the driving that I end up doing. So personally for me, PDK, you can jump in it, you can drive anywhere you need to do with no stress whatsoever and then get to the good driving roads and have fun by banging it into manual and, and, and just bang through the gears. So uh, it's been this long going thing that, uh, well, you'll know very well, Tony can be quite bloody minded at times. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> I often decides on things without really any sort of, uh, I don't know what, thought or research or insight. Just come out and say I it. just decide that like, no matter what, till I die, PDK is the route to go. Then he drives the manual and goes, oh, manual's pretty good actually, uh, which, which killed me inside slowly. <laughs> no, no, no. But then on day two of our road trip, he tells us that he he never drives in auto. We were sat in traffic and he was still using it as a manual. I was foaming at the mouth waiting to bring this up. <laughs> so we go through this whole thing of, you oh, know, actually the manual's pretty good. Then he turns up on a PDK car for this trip and he's, oh no, but PDK is going to be ultimate. And then yes, Paul hits the nail on the head. We're sitting in traffic. We have this conversation. I don't know how we come about it. I think we know whether Paul- I know how we come about go it. On, he asked the question. I asked the question. I said, boy, is that, what do you, how do you drive your cars? I think you were asking Paul, because I think, Paul, you complained in traffic that the GTR had jumped down like two Correct. gears. Yes, that was it. Yeah, and, yeah. and so, and you, and you were shocked that he was in automatic mode, <laughs> in an automatic. <laughs> in traffic. In traffic. <laughs> and then he asked me the same question, and it kind of was a weirdly judgmental way, wasn't there? It was like an undertone. As of, if we weren't driving. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, how do you drive your F-Type? Like, in auto, and he's like, Right. <laughs> and I was like, why? How do you? And so in a PDK, 99% mm. of the time you're in the manual mode, as in selecting gears with the paddles or the shifter? All the time. And only in, only in PDK Porsches <laughs> okay. and uh, supercars. <laughs> Otherwise, if I was in either of your cars, I probably would have done the same as you two. Oh my god, this just doesn't make sense. It does make what sense. What I quite like about the fact that we're hand holding the mics today is whilst the audio quality might not be that good, I can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Which is bang there, bang the microphone against my head. Now, I would say it doesn't make sense because I think PDK is one of the, the best automatic mm. gearboxes out there, right, Paul? Like that's yeah, Well, that's why I think it should have been put in the GT4 from the first time the GT4 was announced. I've always championed the idea of it purely because the PDK, as we know, is such a phenomenal gearbox. But yet Tony thinks, no. I can do it better. I can do it better. <laughs> well, I can. No, you can't, mate. I can, well, obviously I can. I can do it better than a, than a computer. My, my car hasn't jumped from third to ninth for however many gears your car jumped. Well, I don't know. Who, I don't know who put my car together. <laughs> so... Okay, well, look, I, I don't really know where to go with this. It's kind of almost, I'm, I'm slightly giving up. But on it's, like life, playing, it's like playing the tennis match that never ends. <laughs> backwards and forwards. Backwards and forwards. So, yes, now that you've spent some proper time in a PDK on some proper roads, because today we did the proper roads, that video is coming soon. Oh, Very good. Very good. But, mm. um, yeah, t talk, talk about PDK versus manual. Now, in this particular car, the 718 GT4. Yeah, so I would always pick a PDK over a manual because it does, like what Paul says, a lot more a lot more of the time so like like paul said a manual is good for one thing and one thing it's a more only. complete car a pdk is a more complete car and when you're driving it, it's more complete as well however I, I 
I love that car, by the way. I've really enjoyed it. But when I was on my own today, you lot was filming and stuff, so I went off on my own for an hour. We did think that you would end up in a ditch. We, yeah, we, well, we, 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 we were looking. Aside. We, we were looking. Aside, yeah. There was one point where I thought I was going to go in a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm spoiled and I'm used to GT3s and free RSs. And it's just... The, the engine is a bit... Uh, not what what no no wait wait i'm just trying to explain I'm bashing, bashing my microphone on my head again it, keep it, going it's not um <sighs> it's not as alert as a gt3 it's not strong strong is the word it's not a strong engine it doesn't pull it, it's not yeah you've got to really really get it in the revs whereas at least the gt3 and the free rs although you have got to get it in the revs it is a stronger engine essentially that's what i'm trying to get at and as well i know i'm being really pinicky but like even like the gear change just isn't quite as seamless as a free or free. i'm being really really pinicky but but actually apart from that it's brilliant and actually for the roads we've done today perfect it, and more than enough power for anyone would you have preferred pipes would you have preferred a little bit more, more noise um yeah but i'm not really like an exhaust or a, you know i'm kind of happy with what how they come you know i don't really like more about the, the sense of speed uh well i'll worry about that when i get to a corner <laughs> <laughs> So the reason I was smirking and bashing the microphone against my head once again is... I know why you were And you know what, if I had an editor... This is why we need a full-time editor. Because there were about four episodes <laughs> that followed my Boxster Spider experience, 718 Spider experience last year, and my GT4 experiences, where I kept saying, the problem with that car is that engine. Engine is not special but enough. And it's not just sound. about the... It's no, no, I didn't, mate. I said, and this is why we need the editor <laughs> to bring back the clips. You definitely said that. No, I said the sound was a part of it, but, and the gearing is not... Everyone concentrates on the gearing, but it's the engine. It's a bit of a dead engine because it's not a proper GT product engine. It's this sort of bastardized, weird, turbo deturboed Carrera engine. All the excitement in the engine and the power output is right at the top end of the revs. Yeah. But to get there, and I'm assuming, I mean, I did drive the PDK car as well, but not as much as you have now on this trip. You've still got to really rev it out to bring out the kind of persona and character that you expect from a GT product Porsche. Yeah. And so therefore, a lot of the time, I would say 70, 75% of the time in that 718 GT4, it just feels a bit dirgy and it just feels a bit ploddy, not super exciting and exhilarating that that's been my concern and now after you're like ah oh, no mate it's better it's better are you, are you crazy but but can you can we just can't we shouldn't really compare it to a gt3 or a gt3 rs because it's 50 percent cheaper than a gt3 but it's a gt what? product it comes from the gt department cheaper. well yeah a, G, a, a gt3 is 150 grand that car's 100 grand so that's 50 percent paul no, it's not. 50% would be 75 you, grand. Do you do math? Sorry. It's, 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 it's also, a GT3 no. with no options is 127. No, no, no. No, wait a minute. Yeah. What, so, no, no. 150 no. to 100 what's, is two thirds. What's, what's half of 100? 50. 50. Right. Right. So it's 50% so it's more. So it's 50% more. Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. Got right. It's I mean, it makes sense now. Yeah. 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 So the fact that the engine isn't. I mean, they could not. They couldn't put that GT3 engine 
in that GT4. They, no. ju- they just couldn't do it. Does it, it leave, be does it leave Porsche a little bit of room to fiddle around with the lower end of that car for the 4 RS? Well, I, I mean, I guess, but are they not going to maybe put a different engine in for the 4RS? They'll put the GT3 engine in. Yeah, and de-tune a detune it, it right? Oh, yeah. right? That's what I would think. But my question more goes back to Tony, is how does it compare? Because you did have a 981, a manual, a yellow 981 GT4, didn't you? Yeah. So now you've spent so much time in a 718. What's that comparison like? Because whilst it was long geared, the 981, people didn't really complain about, I've heard a lot of other 718 owners and heck, we know there's a ton of them that listen to this podcast say something similar about this engine not quite delivering. So how do you think they compare? Yeah, the, the, I, I think the um, the 981's a bit of a dead engine as well. Mm. Very, it really? was really, really slow as well. Like at least the, at least the 718 is a miles better car, handles better. It's a, it is a better car for sure, 100%. Well, let's let's move on because there's lots more that you could say about that car, but we did film that in today's video, so I don't want to uh, yeah. cannibalise my own content. <laughs> um, as I mentioned, it's not the car you, you were going to bring, so we're going to come back to that at the end because I want to move on to Paul. Obviously, here in the GTR, mm. because what else would you have bought? <laughs> we've, we've discussed this in the car on walkie-talkies. I think if I had a little bit more time when the thought plopped into my head, I probably would have bought a different car. As in, I would have swapped the GTR for something. I've been planning this trip for three months, but... Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so hold on a second, because I, I sort of almost don't want to put words in your mouth, but the reason you're in that car and the reason that I'm in my car is that I didn't want to bring the 360, didn't feel right with anything else that you guys would bring. Tony, you were supposed to bring the M3, so we're now going to peel those covers off, but I think we've kind of revealed but that. But I'm glad I bring the GT4 because it's more of a comparison to what you two bring. And, sure. And I personally do think it is the best sports car you can buy. Fair, so good benchmark for our two cars. For sure, yeah. yeah. But so, again, let's go along with it. You know, the GTR was right to bring. You, I, I get where you're coming from of, you know, now we're here and on the roads, we're like, oh, we, we both wanted to be in, I don't know. Hurricanes of 458s or whatever. But I, t- <laughs> I know where this is going. This is why I'm trying to dodge around it. <laughs> Talk to us about the... the, the t- how are you feeling? So... <laughs> okay. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, there is a, there's, there's quite a long story behind the GTR because it started on the weekend when the battery drained. We normally record this for an hour, mate. Okay. <laughs> I'll, t- no, I'll, tell the short, I'll tell the short <laughs> We've got time, yeah. Um, so I started the trip knowing that every time I switched that car off, I would have to jump it. <laughs> so you were already fed it. up. You so were I was already up. dreading the idea of traveling 1,500 miles over three days. Um, so I pre-planned to buy a battery here. So hopefully, tomorrow, fingers crossed, that problem will have been eradicated. The difficult thing that I think most people will understand it's just difficult because it's uh like a cool car like the nissan gtr i daily that car so i live in that car so i'm kind of desensitized to its specialness and i've struggled with this before with the audi r8 after about four weeks it was the only car that i was driving so i got used to it so on this trip i kind of was fed up with the battery problem and not feeling a buzz from my own car. Therefore, I think I'd set the bar relatively low for what I was going to get out of at least the driving elements of this trip. Coming down here and spending the week here and then going into Monaco and doing all of the supercar stuff, that's what I'm most excited for. Um, On the motorway, great. 
it is a phenomenal GT car. It's very comfortable. I could probably do a thousand miles in a day and get out of that car and not have back problems. Um, when we got onto the tight and twisty stuff, the weight, the steering, the brakes, and actually the grip in greasy circumstances was subpar to the point where I was really left underwhelmed every single time that we pulled over. He gets out of the GT4 in love with it and absolutely flying, chasing you down the road. You're so used to the F-types. I've never really had the opportunity of really hammering the GTR um, because I've owned it for a year, but half of that time was in a lockdown. And then since then, I've been up and down the motorway. So I've really used it as a bit of a workhorse. I should have just bought a diesel. So I've come down here and then seen you two have an amazing time and I get out of my car knowing I can't even turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I have to leave it running everywhere. Um, Yeah, like... I think you're giving yourself and that car too hard a time. I, I, I think firstly... Yesterday was not a good day for all of us. No, you know, mm. we, we, we had our yeah, issues. The, the, Again, we, the weather was the bad. We, the weather was bad. So, we, so that wasn't ideal. And then <clears throat> today, I think you had a case of what I had with the F-Type in Wales a few weeks ago of essentially trying to drive your car to keep up with other cars or trying to follow other cars. Now, even, even today, you know, when Tony was being a, or was able to get on it, that GT4 handles completely differently mm. to our two cars. It weighs 500 kilos less than our two cars. Mm. And Tony drives much quicker than us, much better than us, I should say, yeah. uh, on, on road. So I think uh, uh, with the minute with me, and again, I'm cannibalizing my own content here, but the minute I kind of let that go and enjoyed my car for what it was, I enjoyed it a lot more. And I think with mm. that GTR, you, as you say, have been chasing us down because you're trying to film a video and Tony's like hey, it's a, there's a gap let's go for it and I'm like yeah let's go for it <laughs> so I'm easily I'm easily encouraged by Tony's uh, tomfoolery um, and so the two of us are pissing off and then you're like oh put cameras down oh wait put that oh, hold on a sec guys and then you're trying to catch up in a two ton car so I actually think if we go back to day one forget the battery issues and now we're here for a bit of tunnel blasting blah blah I think that car might start to shine again because it's a GTI. I know. That's, it that's, is a good car. Do you car. know what? That's, I get disappointed in myself mm. for thinking these things about such an iconic car because we pulled over for lunch today and there was this, uh, like a French teenager, would you mm-hmm. say? Like mm-hmm. He literally stood by the car for an hour and a half and um, with a battery pack, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. can I help? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, he's a member of the AI. <laughs> he did actually have a high vis on. I thought, I thought, wow, that's very resourceful of Paul. We're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and I got in the car. I started it up after jump starting it, um, and I wound the window down and gave him a thumbs up because I just assumed that he wouldn't speak English and I, my French isn't that good. And he just like had this massive smile on his face, and he just went in this French accent, you knew that he was really struggling and almost like, in the same way I'm kind of embarrassed to speak French to French people because you know that you're not going to say it right. And he just went, it's my favourite car. And he was like, more, no- more noise. <laughs> you're like, oh wow, <laughs> you should drive it down. <laughs> no, no. So, and, and that really, for me, was like the highlight of the day to see someone appreciate the car. Um, but then obviously I then end up kicking myself for not appreciating it properly I've done 12,000 miles in the car. Um, Have you? 
Yeah, and I really wanted to have like a a cool a cool carbon kit, some wheels, which then makes it more my own. I can get more attached to it when I've done my own stuff to it, regardless of whether it ruins it. Fifty percent of the time, normally it does. Ninety percent of the time, <laughs> um, but that hasn't happened. So, um, yeah. So, I think it will help your argument or your um, thoughts. I say, if I justify that. F-type coming on this trip a bit because as I say I, a lot of comments I saw from some initial posts or at least my main channel video was yeah why haven't you taken the 360 firstly the 360 going through some sympathetic restoration which Tony likes to take the piss out of uh, <laughs> at the moment so it's having that done so that next year it can have its big 20th birthday and go all over the world so um, yeah it's resting at the moment but also it wouldn't have felt right especially in this convoy you know no, GT4 no. and GTR then the 360 you know I think if you start the LP640 Paul or Tony if you had that 907 GT1 still mm -hmm. like what a trip that would have been but you want to bring sort of comparable cars because then it's fun and it's interesting and blah blah um, so you know again that sort of forced your hand slightly into bringing your as you say what is a is a daily and we are spoiled we've said it tony and i we've said it so many times on this podcast we get to drive so many things and that does tell you not only what you like from a car but also gets you in this mindset that you can pick a car for an occasion right like you paul you're the exact same with this if we have a trip coming up we can email ferrari lamborghini bentley porsche mercedes oh hey guys i'm doing this trip can i have this car so then you're getting a car for the occasion Whereas mm. four or five years ago, you just took your car because it was your mm. car and you loved it for that. And I think lockdown hasn't helped. And then our spoiltness has made us judgmental of, you know, the F-Type's not actually mine. It's Jaguar's, but basically mine. I don't, <laughs> don't think they've ever, ever asked for it <laughs> yeah. back now. I mean, put like 20,000 miles on the thing. I mean, they surely don't want it back. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so that, that's exactly it. You know, I, think in, I think in the UK, I think the GTR is great in the UK which is why I still have it. Because mm. I think I w if I didn't like it, like the M2, like I just, I would have just sold it. Um, it's a great, but I get, I, yeah. but I get in it and I just put it in comfort suspension. And then just schmooze and actually, around. And I just, boys, and I just cruise around. Actually boys, I think you've, you're doing yourselves a bit of this justice as well. Because today, it's only really been today you've really moaned about your cars. No, hey, hey, hey. No, Don't no, no. put words in my mouth. I've been going mental about my car today. It was yesterday I was moaning. Oh, okay. I, again, let's not ruin the video that's coming on Sunday. <laughs> basically just talked about everything that we discussed in that video. But I'm pretty sure I got out at the end of the day and said, my car is the best car here. Can and we then cut it? the video. <laughs> no one can say anything else. So yeah, don't, don't lump me in with this GTI hater. <laughs> but go on, what were you going to say? So yeah, um, we're being a bit harsh on ourselves. Yeah, because you were comparing it against the GT4, which is a Focus sports car, on roads that we've done today, and your cars aren't focused for that. Mm. You know, the GT4 yeah, they're, they're is definitely a, not built. Yeah. The How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. GT4 is a tool for the, the, the out. The, the, the out rows that we've done today to put a line in it now because I'm getting cross but all I'll say is tune in on Sunday uh, <laughs> to see why I had a da-da moment with my car of realising yes to drive it like it was designed to be driven rather than trying to make it be something that it's not roof so, down yeah. auto Sunday, tune in. <laughs> so let's touch on the car that you might have bought, Tony, the mm-hmm. M3. Yeah. Um, because you're like, oh, you're super happy on the GT4. I get it. Why, why wouldn't you be happy on the GT4? But I was really intrigued and excited about you bringing the M3 on this trip because I want to know. It was like, because Paul and I, I think when we both drove it, I found it was so soft. As a, as a, you know, they, what was the old M3, M4 that I didn't really like was a sort of blunt instrument, right? It was a bit sort of, you know, on or off and a mm. bit, nah. Whilst they suddenly just made it very supple and comfortable and usable, still very quick. And I wanted to see if it came alive or whether actually it was a bit numb. But explain quickly why it's not here and then what your initial impressions at least were. The, the, the engine in the old car, by the way, that, that's why it was very on and off because just... So spiky. It's a spiky engine, that old M4 engine. The... New one is got a very linear power. It's loads different. Got a different gearbox as well. It's a uh, eight-speed. It's a torque converter instead of a double clutch. Mm. So it, it is literally. When people ask me, it is literally at M five. It's but actually, I think it's a bit of fate. I, I'm glad I never bring it because I think today I'd have been pissed off with it. But then again, I'm wondering whether actually it might have come alive today. Because everyone's... No. Do you remember that launch? BMW wouldn't stop saying about on track. Where you need to drive this car is <laughs> on track. All the journalists who've driven on track. Oh, my God. I'm so it's good it. that it's a road track. <laughs> a road test. You know, that was... Well done, guys. Thank you for giving us a route around Farnham. Yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, of the journalistic reviews that came out, people who had driven on track were very... 
but positive about mm. it. Yeah. So, so I wonder whether today, all up in M mode with everything switched on, maybe yeah. you would have been like, wow. How, You're talking the, from, you are talking from hindsight after experiencing the PDK GT4. Yeah, I am. But, but as well, I also talking from a little bit of knowledge in the fact that normally it's light cars that are good. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, that found that out today. That, <laughs> that yes, M3, that new car. M3 is nearly two ton. So is the M5? M5 is over two tons, isn't it? That, yeah, yeah. I think it's eighteen hundred kilo that new M3. So <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't have been good today. No chance. Mm. The brakes, it's got mm. normal brakes on it. It's got normal tires on it. It, it, it would have. I'd have been annoyed with it. So, are we in summary saying if you want to do? Alps switchback roads. If you want to do proper twisties, it's still either super hatch, and I think manual, or full like same like supercar. Uh, say almost the same, same rules apply to the North Coast Five Hundred. I would never take a supercar to the North Coast. No, 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 definitely yeah. super like hot so super yes, hatch. Yeah. I think like today because you you want enough power to get up the hill, mm-hmm. so you need. I don't know, like, is it I30N? You know, or yeah. Civic R, Civic Type R, McGann Trophy, R, like, you know. plus? Yeah, like yeah. proper hot hatch, I think would have been great today. Mm. Or, yeah, something dialed in. Okay, you're right, maybe not sport, supercar, but sports car that, that's yeah. focused. Supercar, great. But, but you know, obviously, if you're on a supercar on the road you've done today, unreal. Um, but something not with huge horsepower is not always mm-hmm. necessary. Um, just tyres and brakes and low well, weight and not yeah. low to weight yeah, yeah. Mm. because yeah. I think that's that's what so but if you're in those cars if you're on a C63 if you're in an F-Type if you're in the GTR if you're crash in, uh, M3M no no <laughs> I think <laughs> you take, take the scenic route yeah. not the tight and twisty stuff that, yeah. that's the point you know I think at that point use the cars it's to be designed so our, our round tip advice is for those of you that may be now switching and planning your European road trips because it is <gasps> unbelievably possible at the moment, at the time of recording. And actually uh, quite easy. And quite easy. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's just touch on that quickly actually. So we're all double vaccinated. Uh, to get into France, we just have to do a passenger locator form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same with Germany. Switzerland, we're like, have no, fun. No, yeah. I, 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 didn't do, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do Germany. Oh, right, or me, or me. No, oh, oh, right, okay, only, because I, only because I forgot. Fair. But I think maybe it's only if you're flying in. But Possibly. either way, super straightforward. We've been to a number of restaurants on the way down. Across S- a lot of borders. Some have asked for vaccine proof. We've showed it to them, whether yep. it's there on their system or not. They seem to just look at it and understand it and go, yep, no problem, and you come. Um, we've, wear, we've worn masks when we've needed to. We've been out. Like, you know, it's, it's been very it's, straightforward yeah, and yeah. kind of fun and felt fairly normal. Yeah. So, yeah, I can understand why lots of you might be thinking about planning trips and, and crack on and do it because it's unbelievable to be back out yeah. here. But, yeah, that's definitely... My one tip from the last few days is realizing that actually to do that proper route Napoleon, uh, colder, duh, 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 like colder anything, yeah, s- super hatch, hot hatch, or dialed in sports car, focused sports car, yeah, a Lotus. And, and again, oh my god, the yeah. Aurora when oh. I did the Aurora oh. last year, the three days I had the trip, Amir- <gasps> yeah. how's the Amira going to be on these? Oh, roads? Tony hates the Amira. Well, we're going to see. But and I'll tell you another thing as well about that advice is it all depends how you drive as well, by the way. If, you, if, if your style of driving is not particularly really, really, really aggressive, 
then like Paul, mm. yeah. <laughs> then the, uh, a C63 or an M3, and because there'd be people shouting us now saying we've done the Alps in an M3 and a C63, oh, and it'd mm. be fine. I'm definitely, you can definitely have a ton of fun. Yeah, you can definitely, and, and we're not knocking. It, I'm just, I, I'm saying at it from a, I think pick your route and pick your drive. You know, yeah. like that's it. Don't go to a supercar driver. Uh, route um, in a in a big heavy GT car. Yeah, um, you know, just just pick your route carefully and think about what kind of driving you want to do. Long flowing, the stuff in Germany, even though it was yeah, wet, the long sweeping roads suited our cars so off. well, didn't we? Yeah, that one road up through the Black Forest was unbelievable yeah. for us, and yeah. that was long, wide sweeping. Yeah. So I think it's just plan your route carefully, depending on your car. Yeah, because there are roads to suit everyone, and we're not the tourist board, but <laughs> we sound like it. <laughs> but this episode has been brought to you by. <laughs> <laughs> Visit Europe. Um, anyway, uh, what I thought I'd do to kind of, you know, we've, we've made our way halfway through the episode is actually review uh, a whole load of questions that we got submitted as part of the walkie-talkie Q&A oh, because yes. we only answered a, a short handful and there were some... unanswered questions. Yeah, there were the some, some brilliant ones. Can we swear? No. Well, it just means I have to edit. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and because of Even the rate of content swearing. we're trying to create, really? yeah. that would uh. screw me over. Um, <laughs> now, Team Ballyloft Classics, it says, other than the cars you're driving, what would your next choice be for this trip? Oh. I'm assuming it means like, oh no, does that mean... We spoke about this. Ah, sorry. I thought it meant like, what's your next choice? And like, where you're going or no, what no, you're no, doing. No, 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 what car? Ah, okay. Well, that's in uh, the uh, video that went live yesterday on the main channel. Go check it out. Um, okay. <laughs> when, is to when is Tony starting a YouTube channel from James Cotty? No chance. Never happening, right? No, sure. Not, not what, I've, see what happened you, today. Not after yeah. I've, I've seen what I've... I mean, I have witnesses for a number of years now, but believe it or not, these guys actually work really hard and I just would not have the time. No chance. Quick fire question, both of you. SF90 or 812? Go. 812. Yeah, agree. I think I would agree as well. Um, is the GT3 a PDK or manual version? And which one do you prefer? So the new 992 GT3. Uh, am, I the only one who, am I the only one who's driven it? <laughs> <laughs> I, already, I already know which one I'd have. See, I know you're going to say PDK, and, yeah. and before I'd driven the manual, I actually thought that that would be the first GT3 that I would have had as PDK, but the manual is still so good. I, I, you know, I'm going to go manual. I'm going to say manual. PDK. Well, and I'm no going to say PDK. Yeah, yeah, it's too fast. Um, did Paul break Facebook with his GTR, Ollie Wood? I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think I uploaded um, on, the, uh, on the day that it broke. Patrick Solomon, how do you plan a road trip, including hotels, roads, places to visit? Well, I can give you a full <laughs> breakdown, step by step, so, how to pick a great hotel. Full disclosure. <laughs> Let's get into it. Uh, at least how we do it for, for our trips. So um, I think the three of us decide. Let's go. We want to go on a trip. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to go? On? Let's no. go on a trip. Um, and we kind of pick out where roughly we want to go. And then I'll be honest, on this trip, Paul and I have slightly dominated because filming's been the priority right mm -hmm. yeah so we've said okay we need to go here there and there or let's put it out of these days and tony's you, you've been a fairly been a passenger in a lot of that planning which i don't mind you're all right you're happy yeah, just yeah, turn up, turn happy. up well, in a nice we've car. basically been his um like a pa yeah, yeah. For, a, for a driving tour <laughs> sending him the links of routes where to go <laughs> guys i'm lost can you send me the whatsapp <laughs> yeah. all right tony just follow, follow i'm the route, 50 yeah. miles ahead where do i go now <laughs> <laughs> now historically Paul has had very, what I would call, hit and miss reputation when it comes to <laughs> hotels. Um, really? So, 
Oh my God. That's a whole other episode to get into. Paul's disastrous logistics. But (laughs) the last three weeks for me have been fairly hectic with commercial deals and a load of filming that's been going on. So I did put into the WhatsApp groups saying, guys, can you just sort the hotels? Which, Paul, you did. Yeah. With the help of Tony. Okay, fair. With the help of Tony. Fair, Tony. He's saying, get the five star. (laughs) Well, he did suggest the Four Seasons at Geneva, which is a thousand pound a night. (laughs) It is lovely, though. It's very nice there. so nice. (laughs) Problem is, Tony and I do agree on the style of hotels that we like to do. So when I logged in about two weeks later to check what you'd done, I was like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you booked. But no, you actually, you smashed it, haven't you? So how did you find the hotels? Um, I'd set the bar slightly lower for the German hotel, pure purely because we were limited. When we look for hotels, or when I look for hotels, the number one priority is solid parking, um, because you always can turn up to hotels that don't necessarily prioritise that, because there are so many more important elements of a hotel business um, that don't necessarily mean that uh, parking's that high up. Um, But the German one was nice, the rooms were great, and had a banging restaurant, the views were amazing over the countryside. Loved it. I had high hopes for the French one. However, there was slight miscommunication <laughs> as to the location because we had stayed in Lake Annecy before. Mm-hmm. And I checked the group when we originally said, where should we stay? said, how about Lake Annecy? Yes. You then sent three links to Lake Annecy hotels. Yes. All of them then you were sent, discredited by Tony. Then you sent another link saying, what about this one? And never clarified at that time <laughs> that it, it was an Annecy. hour down the road <laughs> in a completely different city. <laughs> In a city. It, like, yeah. In a pedestrianised zone behind bollards. Yeah. So <laughs> I had done a lot of research into this hotel, but I, I, I think it was slight misadvertising. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Very nice uh, hotel. But it was but nice. It was nice. I think you've hit the nail on the head there, though. Basically, any planning for a road trip starts off with locations for parking, right? Logistics. Yeah. Like, you know, any accommodation, you need to think about parking. I actually mm. disagree. Really? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Is that if you're planning a road trip then the most important thing is the roads. So, obviously, you do need parking. Mm-hmm. But what I mean is is that sometimes you can't always stay in five-star hotels in the Alps or... or, or no, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> because we will, oh, we, will have pe- we will have people that all, that all walks of life that some people want to stay in nice hotels, some people want to stay in not-so-nice or oh, whatever. Can't afford to stay in the nice. So. Whatever. I didn't yeah. want to say that, but... It was derogatory if you just say not it. derogatory. <laughs> it's just what it's like. You can't say people want to choose to stay in a bad hotel. But but some people do. Paul Wallace does. <laughs> he does. But okay. what I'm saying is, yeah, is that fine. pick your road. Pick your road. And then just find the best hotel. Along the way. Along the way. Interesting. Because the most important thing is the roads. Fair. Totally agreed. Um, so how do you find the roads? Well, we're going to tell them. No, well, I'm asking you. But, well, well. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Truth being told, I don't think Tony's ever found the roads. So the trips that he likes to go on are the ones where he turns up and gets a map and off he goes. Uh, That's all planned for us. We normally pay for it. Uh, <laughs> good point. Google's a fantastic resource, by the way. So if you're heading anywhere, of course, just jump on Google and type in, you know, best roads in Switzerland, best roads in the Black Forest. Best That's always a good starting point. I've said it many times on the main channel. What is often described as best roads are often the best scenic roads definitely not always the best driving roads and and great scenic roads aren't often that good driving roads and also the ones that are like top at google are also the busiest exactly that so just have a thought about you know again what you're trying to achieve with this trip be careful with your googling have a look get on google maps look at street view see is it a dual carriageway is it a busy road when you drop a street view are there trucks and vans on there because that's going to mean it's a busy road and then you've got time of year as well but 
it, if you wanted to go rogue, think, right, I want to go to the Alps, just get on that Google Maps, zoom in, and if you see a white line squiggling around, that's going to be an all right road. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, most you know, of them, most of them over the Alps are incredible. Yeah, actually, it just whether they're open or not, depending on the time of the year. A top, a top tip, if you just want to go on some driving roads, just base yourself in the Alps, you can't go wrong. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Well, that is kind of why we love it down here so much, because yeah. you've got supercars in Monaco, great places to stay, eat, hang out, but that way you've just got the best roads in Europe. Yeah. I would say the triangle of, of Monaco to Geneva to Lake Como slash Milan, that, that triangle, if you want to do a sort of week and stay a couple of days in each of those and then just move around within that triangle, geographical triangle, mm-hmm. you're going to find some incredible roads and have a great time. So final part was food. Uh, we actually talked about this at lunch today, so I want to bring it up. Uh, Did we? Yeah. So first of all, I say for content point of view, I'm, I'm often researching food myself because I like to eat. But once you get into the Alps and especially in France, just find a village mm. And go to the brasserie. Yeah. yeah. And it will be fantastic. Be yeah. aware that they do close about two o'clock. So yeah. <laughs> it's not like you can... You know, <laughs> for, uh, sleep. No, for sleep. For um, <laughs> but, but I would say nine times out of ten, you can stop at the most random location. Yeah, I agree. And the food is banging. Yeah. So that was all I was going to say about that. Um, I'm not sure if that carries over for America and parts of Asia and other parts of Europe, but definitely in, in I would, France. I wouldn't Alps. recommend someone to stop in the next village in... American. No, I would not either. <laughs> um, uh, what's one car you'd all have? Well, one For car this trip. No, I think just in general. That's oh, come from T O U F I C D. One car that we've been talking about a lot on the walkie talkies. Roma, Ferrari, Roma. There's quite there's quite a lot of cars that Shut me up, and Tony. Sam would have. Roma. I don't I don't know if there's many cars that me and you would have. Um, no, there- but I think that comes down to differing driving styles. Possibly, yeah. Because I'd what. probably say on this road trip, the best car to take in the mountains is a Rolls Royce Dawn. Oh my God, oh John. My God. <laughs> I knew that. I know another one apart from the Roma. <laughs> Rolls Royce Wraith? Continental GT. Yeah. We'd yeah, all agree yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. good shot. Yeah. Um, I think I probably would have DBS Superleggero over a Bentley Continental GT. Oh. For God's no, sake. Any Aston Martin fans out there? <laughs> well, yeah, big underscore here in 97. DBS manual, good first supercar. So that's the old shape. Um, probably <sighs> if you don't not. If you don't want to drive not it. not quick. Not a good first supercar. No, not quick. Huh? It's not a supercar, either. It's a GT car. Super, super mm. GT, maybe. Yeah. It's cool. It's a great modern classic, but it's... Huge it's, running costs. Yeah. And not that fast. Um, okay. Go on. Uh, uh, that sort of price point, which is like 90, 100 grand. Mm-hmm. What would be the perfect first supercar? R8 V10 Plus? Yeah, R8 V10 Plus. AMG GTR. Well, yeah, fantastic shout. California T. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, uh, I'm just scrolling through trying to find some other... Ah! uh, Nick B, I'm going for his N7 CKB. When is Paul going to bite the bullet and just get a Porsche? Oh. Something which I feel like has lost its heat a little bit recently. it, It has only because the entire used car market has gone completely mental. Mm. So I actually started looking at 991.2 GT3s. I had one lined up at Porsche Colchester. It was a great car. It was lovely. It was uh, 125 grand. 125 grand. I was like, well, actually, I've just sold my Mercia Largo for 150 grand. So I'm going to get into a cheaper car here. Uh, the monthly payments were more expensive than the Mercia Largo. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that normal, Tony? Hmm. High monthlies on a old no, GT3? residuals are normally really good. I was going to say, yeah. yeah. 
Well, how much was got, it? You got scared. Um, it was twelve and a half in. It was ten percent down, and it was fourteen hundred a month. Is that a magnitude deal? Yep. Bag in. Um, really? Yeah. Hmm? And then um, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and then I was like, uh, I'm out purely because it's not what I thought it was going to be from a financial point. You thought it'd be five hundred quid a month. Well, no, I, thought, <laughs> I thought I'd at least be saving money from selling the Murcielago. And buying a 991.2 GT3. But you would have been saving money because you wouldn't have lost any money. Well, now they're 150. So, yeah, I missed out on that one. <laughs> but would but you actually like... I don't think no. you'd actually like a Porsche. Well, well said, Tony. Why wouldn't he? Well, because he doesn't like driving. So, <laughs> when... No, no, no. I do like driving, Tony. But our, just, our driving styles are different. Wink. Yeah. wink. No, but, but I, think, I think a Porsche is only really good for a certain... Well, I say it's a so drive. Well, yeah, it's a total lie, yeah. actually, because look at everyone who owns a 911 Carrera. I mean, that's the variety of person who owns a 911 yeah. is massive. Yeah. When but, I got this bug, it came from Mr. JWW's Turbo S when it turned up at NVN London, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I got in it. Oh, my God, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then I heard everyone talk about the build quality of it and this is in a time where ferrari are missing the mark mclaren are missing the mark lamborghini are missing the mark ish yeah. uh as a, as a diehard I, i'm not gonna that's your argument yeah are you talking about ferrari no 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 i'm talking about lamborghini. To i don't think lamborghini painting? missing the mark no i think i don't think lamborghini, <laughs> oh, lamborghini. Missing the mark. that's what uh, i'm saying yeah, yeah. um go on go on and so then I started to explore the idea of buying a Porsche because I was like, well, the residuals are great. They're fantastic drivers' cars. They're built properly. And then you two basically said, you will never like one. So I've kind of... Because we know you. Yeah, true. I just, that's exact. I just think, I just don't think you'd like one. No. So what, what would you buy if you were me at around 120 grand instead of a Porsche? I will not make you very happy. And I'll say AMG GTR. Aston. Oh. Which one? Vantage, do you? New Vantage. Yeah. Love them. Yeah, fair. Basically put the same car. And I don't like Aston, but I know that it would suit you. Yeah. It would suit you. Mm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are asking, where are the other YouTubers? Why have we not invited any other YouTubers? Bit, bit unfair on Tony there, I think. Oh, I'm very happy to have you here, Tony. <laughs> so <don't> know. <laughs> uh, we are going to be seeing Seb, of course. Of course. Seb Adelani. Uh, who's still here in Monaco. Um, uh, I actually, I don't genuinely think Shmi or JWW or TGY, I don't think they would have come. Everyone's no. so busy with what they've got going on. Planning a trip now with all of us, just not a thing. Like well, I, the, the amount of times that the dates changed for this trip to get us three together. And I think we have to take into consideration as well that now that the world really has opened up and we're somewhat getting back to normality, I know just on the 10 days that we're down here, the amount of stuff that I basically had to turn down, like it's a big commitment to come and dedicate 10 days to do this, but we love doing it. Mm. And I think it's just such a busy period for everyone. I know when I, I know, well, we've had to cut this trip short because mm -hmm. you've got to get back for the 14th. I've got to get back for the 15th. He's got to work. But he always has to work. Oh, well, yeah, he's, he's leaving after like two days. So I think whilst, of course, it would would have been brilliant to have 
all the old gang here and to really reminisce I think those days unfortunately are just behind us aren't they mm. you know we did it in lockdown I was able to pull everyone together via Zoom and we had a great funny time but but yeah as people will know from looking at the content people are so busy these days and, and so it's very hard to, to pull us all together and also people's ambitions for content have changed you know we still come yeah. down here before and feed off each other and, and find videos to make but now what people need for their channels to make content for their channels has changed and it's different and it's very hard I think to get five or six of us in one place doing similar things. I would probably say the only time or the only two times in a year where we would all be at the same event is Geneva and Goodwood Festival Speed. Fair. And even then I didn't see anyone at Festival Speed. (laughs) No, no, no. I I literally didn't see anyone. So (laughs) mad. Um, Last question, bit of consumer advice. I always like to end it on consumer advice. Best front wheel drive hot hatch or car Sub 40k. I30N. Tony? Front wheel drive car. Front wheel drive. You, know, you can get the new I30N now, the new facelift one with, <gasps> uh, with a auto. Oh my God. Oh, no I, would, no, no, I would not do that. It's not It's not the I30N. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It is. End the podcast now. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's two way above it, and that's the new Honda Civic Type R yeah. and the Renault Megane. Wrong. Yep. Those driver's cars. Wrong. What's the Fiesta ST? Front drive. Is it good? Yes, good yeah, but it's half the pro. Yeah. It's, it's it's 50% of this budget. But, oh, but it's 20k? That, does 20 it not 20K? punch above yeah, its yeah. does it not punch above its weight? No, yeah. not compared, no, not, not compared to them three. Okay. And um oh what there was one that's what's that BMW one twenty eight Ti thing? Is that front wheel drive or is that rear wheel drive? Uh I think that's front I think that's a front yeah. drive car, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people bang on about that, but I am I mean I've not driven one, so Bit of hype. I, I think it'd be probably a little bit like the I thirty N, maybe. People still do steer away from front wheel drives, don't they? But you can get some mega, like... Are we I talking l- about hot hatches? Are we talking about... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. there's not too many other... I was going to say a C63 in reverse. <laughs> course say that <laughs> such chav <laughs> but there are some incredible front wheel drive cars and i actually quite enjoy driving front wheel drive cars uh, abarth <laughs> I've, got Abarth. In, I've got two in stock then oh, you're gonna have three abarths uh, really like, yeah. like, like, like a new battery have you got a contact that's why you <laughs> <laughs> know, should have shut that down here and uh, we could have got two batteries fit at the same time well anyway i think that brings an end to this week's sort of relatively impromptu but also planned on the road episode uh, we're actually going to be doing another one of these Tony and I will be doing another relatively regular episode without Paul <laughs> um, well actually if, if by popular demand Paul could be back because he does probably often. not because I just spent half an hour slagging off the GTO yeah, <laughs> yeah does it burn him at the stake um, but yeah we'll be back so there'll be one more episode from the road before we then return to uh, the studio what about uh, our other podcast well and very excitingly and I think potentially straight after the Turkish Grand Prix yeah. this Sunday yeah. Paul and I I was going to say, we'll be coming to you live. No, we won't. (laughs) We could have actually, that's one thing we turned down. We both could have been at the Turkish Grand Prix. Mm. We could have done the podcast in Turkey. Mm. But we chose content. And to spend a week with Tony. Yeah. Hard to make content at a Grand Prix. Anyway, moving on. I'm getting totally sidetracked. (laughs) Uh, If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to give it a thumbs up if you're watching here on YouTube. Subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. Uh, You can listen to us also on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and places like that. So if you are listening to us, thank you and keep listening to us on those platforms. You can follow Tony at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales on most social media platforms. Uh, Paul is at Wallace PJW on most social media platforms, but he also goes by Supercars of London. Mm. Uh, And I'm Seen Through Glass and we'll be back with you very very soon bye 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 let's get some dinner yeah let's go get some dinner planning for your next trip 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 